What? So I'll slowly have to go back and say, is Todoroki in this episode? Derek likes it. Todoroki is not nowhere even in this episode. Who is nowhere near this episode? Shoto Todoroki.
I have zero, so there's gonna be no vote at all. <laughs> all right, everybody, welcome back to uh, the next podcast episode of uh, Anime for All Season Two. We're reviewing episode 97 of Maharacademia, and we're also gonna be reviewing what we didn't do last week. Jesus Christ. Uh. So, let's see here. That literally scared me. Dang it, phone. Bad phone. What scared you? The phone vibrating. Oh, shoot. No! Uh. Man, I'm doing too many things at once right now, and it's not even funny. I need to put one of the things, I need to put one of these things down. But, uh. Alright. Let's get started with the first, uh, well, first thing, first, get the agenda, first part of the agenda out of the way. Episode 97, Early Bird. This episode is a one-and-done situation, and, uh, everything got done really quickly. <laughs> uh, surprisingly so. Do you have any opinions? That it got done quickly? Well, I mean, yeah, Bakugo beat them in, like, it sounds like pretty much record time, less than five minutes. Came in charging, guns blazing like he always does. And it was almost because he was predictable that it threw them off. So it was, like, because he was predictable, they won. Like, which is really sort of a weird um, way of playing it, but... I mean, he did what they thought he was going to do, and then he twisted the whole thing and, and kicked the no, crap out uh, of No, he didn't... He... They... When he when he first came in there, yeah, they were expecting him to go in there to be the, be the center of the of the of the group. But like, what uh, what threw them like what threw them for a loop was that he was cooperating. I mean, it sounds like you probably don't think he was cooperating, but like from, like this was probably the most cooperation in in, in in a group that he's ever done. Essentially, making him the uh, center of a of a of a, of a, of a cooperative unit. They, and like I like the concept. I mean, it's simple. It, it was simple, but it still worked out. Which is like, uh, I save you, you save me, and it worked out really well for for a character who they constantly have said throughout the entirety of the show was uh, was uh, very hard to work with. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I didn't mean predictable through the whole thing, but the initial move was exactly what they would have expected and then they like fed right into it. he didn't even really explain to his team what they were going to do and then they were like oh he's just having his big ego and it was like what everybody expected and then he gave it a twist and said like no we're actually like heavily supporting each other it's just i've broken us into two units so in his like sort of roundabout way he was actually extremely good in this episode he just was the only one that he knew he was good <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I think everybody played a really part. I, I see what you're going for, but I, like, I, I just feel like this is probably. I mean, yeah, there wasn't too much growth, but I think it was more growth than we we, we could get from him with, with the way his attitude is. Which I've already stated videos ago that I really don't want Buckles' attitude to really change because it, it would it would fundam it will fundamentally change how the character the, how the character is or how the character works. There's, mm -hmm. there's no way you could. There's no way you can make him nice and still and still have him as a character work. So, um, I mean, you could make the argument with Vegeta, but they kind of had to change Vegeta as a fundamentally as a character for him to work. They didn't change well him; they just developed him. Like the changes were all very, very slow. 
They just didn't make him a boring vanilla character that like did nothing but the same thing the entire series. I still kind of feel like you would have to like, like I think you would have to break Bakugo as a character, and I I like Bakugo the way he is. Some some people would argue against it, but I don't know. I just don't think you could change. What do you like about? Him? I mean, I just like the fact that even though like people have this view his view of him, he's not letting that affect him. He's 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 got a goal in mind. He's willing to take a lot of like the uh, the hate that he has gotten and still uh, proves to them that I am I am just as good as you or even better. I mean, even in this group, every person every person in here. They mentioned some time ago that Bakugo and Deku have have a strength effect on people that are around them. I think this was a perfect example of, of Bakugo's really strange effect. For that reason, he gave every single person in that group of his like the confidence to win. He literally said he was going to go four. He was going to go four zero uh, with no with uh, with uh, no injuries, and he, he did exactly that. Granted, he did lose his gauntlets because of that welder dude, but I mean. At the, same, at the same token, like that whole concept of you save me, I save you, really worked out in the long run for him because he suspected that they were probably, in a really weird way, I think he suspected they were going to be wary of him and try to have a have a, a counter to him. So I felt like he just said that I'm going to go in because they're going to be wary of me to begin with. There's no point. There's no point in trying to let them get a plan up because if they do, they were going to uh, they were going to be there's going to be a problem. It was more like you save me and I'll save the day, but yeah. No, they helped him out. I mean, the half the stuff that the half the stuff that happened, he didn't. He wouldn't have been able to get around. He needed. He needed help just to find them. Yeah, I don't know. He. Uh... I feel like they all worked as a cohesive unit. I mean, yeah, like I saw, like I keep on saying, like you know, Baka was the center of that unit, but that was still a really cohesive unit, more cohesive than I was expecting. Yeah, me too. It seemed like kind of a weak group at first, but he pulled it off really well. But I do think that, like, I don't know, he, like, he pulled it off pretty well, but, like, he was also... I mean, this is exactly what he wanted to feed his ego, like, you guys are my minions, and I'll just, I'll do everything. You just, like, try not to screw up, you know? And then, like, kind of ran in, and, like, he's like, if I get in trouble, you can save me, but, like, otherwise I'm gonna cover you and beat all the guys and try not to screw up you know i was also like slightly shifting the topic i was also a little disappointed in earphone jack she really didn't do as much as i was expecting you've kind of built her up as like gonna be a big deal to me and she spent a lot of the time getting in trouble and getting rescued and then she had that one shot with her ear but i felt like <clears throat> Because that one major ability that she had of reconnaissance, like, I felt like after that recon ability, like, she was a little bit weak. She's going to need to learn some techniques to, like, compensate for her weak combat ability that she doesn't have right now. She has combat, it's just that the sound, I mean, her the sound blast that she had is definitely a lot stronger than it was. I mean, I didn't think it was possible for a heartbeat to to resonate so violently and break a and, and break a shield but it did it's like i'm almost i don't know like what like i mean her, her power is the same as airphone as a as a present mic but present mike's got the i got the lung thing lung capacity going for him she's got to worry about her heart 
That's, that's, that's what her power is. She's amplifying her heartbeat through her ears. Why does she have to worry about it? But, like, like uh, President Mike has got the vibrations of his voice, but the lungs are just his way of being able to constantly bellow out. A heartbeat, I don't think, is as strong as a yell. Yeah. But the only real way that she could probably have any real like power behind her heartbeat is if she were to go into cardiac arrest or something like that. That's like what I said. Like, I don't know how powerful a heartbeat. And I just what I said before. Like I wasn't building her, but she's gonna be important later. I don't know how important she she if she is gets later. Um, you can build up your heartbeat to like ten times harder than it is. Or at least that's what happens when I see Frappy. Cause I don't know how, like, I don't know how like, her heartbeat, <laughs> as I'm ignoring that statement, but, uh, um, I don't know how much of a, uh, like, I don't know how much power she could pack behind a heartbeat unless she were to send her heartbeat through something to amplify that, amplify that on the end. Right, and I'm pretty sure she doesn't do anything to amplify her heartbeat. I think it's just her regular heartbeat and then the sound is amplified afterwards. So, I see what you're saying. I just like the fact that she's a sound hero, and she, because they had, I didn't think they were going to do anything with her anyway. I forgot all about her. Uh, yeah, I was just hoping that, like, maybe she, like, had some good support equipment or some abilities that she picked up along the way, but she really just got a little bit better with her current abilities. Like, why did she go to school? How is she better than she was three seasons ago? What are you saying? Sorry, I wasn't type, typing to somebody. What happened? Like, why did she go to school? Why is she better than she was three seasons ago? Her her, her story was, uh, she has two things she wanted to do. Be a musician or, uh, or be a hero. Because she liked, she, I don't know why, I don't know what she thought about heroes. That's not, that's not the question I'm asking. I'm saying, why did she bother going to school if this is what it was going to get her? Like, she hasn't, like, she's not that much better than when she started. She didn't do anything that showed a huge amount of experience. She didn't do anything that showed a huge advancement of her abilities, except for that one shot that she learned. Like, what was the point of her going to school if she was going to come out with, like, so little development? I mean, her abilities definitely are a lot better than they were. She couldn't, she couldn't, she could not discern different sounds, which she did in this episode. She couldn't, like, her, like, that blast was definitely not, was not on the same par, on the par as she, as she had originally. Actually, I don't even think she could, um... I don't think she could even direct a, a, a sound blast at the, at the very beginning of this series. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't I think just she's don't, capable. I don't remember very well if she did or not. I mean, before, all she used her ears for was uh, to jack into the uh, into the ground to discern um, sound effects. But I remember correctly, she could not discern. But back then, she could not discern the difference between this sound from that sound. So she couldn't she couldn't tell the difference between somebody running on the ground or somebody tap dancing on the ground. This episode, she says she could if she concentrates, she could um, discern which sound like like what's what's different between each sound, which is a huge um, this is a huge jump in her ability. Because I said before, like like uh, I mean, unless there's more, there's more that she could uh, unless there's more sound in her body that she can redirect, which is quite possible. Um. And like I said before, sound is like a lot more powerful than people give it credit for because it can it can make you not hear. 
And I, I just say like this, the, the potential for her is very high because her, her her ability, in my opinion, is very powerful. It's just that because the creator hasn't doing much with her, um, she's she's suffering from the same syndrome that a lot of characters are suffering from. Um, she's suffering with Froppy, Uraka. What? Uh, she, she's suffering, not to the same degree. But she's suffering from the same syndrome that a lot of the characters who aren't Deku or Bakugo or Todoroki or even All Might or Endeavor are going through. They're not all that important, so they fall to the background. But her ability is really freaking powerful. That I that I know for a fact. This is, All this Might on, is just like, on the basis this is on the basis of sound and how sound works. From a power perspective, All Might's pretty irrelevant, right? Not gonna lie. What happened? What? What about All Might? From the power perspective, All Might's pretty relevant right now. He doesn't even. When's the last time he did anything really valuable, like give good good advice or use his powers for something or do anything other than go jogging that one day? Well, the guy's a retired guy right now. He's just trying to watch over Deku as Deku gets stronger. Right, he's that's, just that's like, like, right now. It's just more like what's Master Roshi doing on his island kind of moments. Like it's not. But you don't see Master Roshi, so I don't know. I don't know if you can really. No, but you know, like when in Dragon Ball Z, like every once in a while they just cut to what Master Roshi was doing or something like that, and you'd be like, okay, whatever Master Roshi's doing here is not really going to be plot relevant very much. And he might be like, ah, I see that they're losing the battle, and you'd be like, oh, Master Roshi's probably right, and you'd like take that in, but that would be all about all you'd get out of the out of the Roshi scene. Uh, hello there, big man. Five seven eight. Didn't expect to see you here. Uh, I mean, like, I mean, I don't know what they really plan for. I mean, All Might's gonna be doing something at some point. I mean, right now he's been nothing more than a mentor character to to Endeavor of all people, and then like being a mentor to, uh, to um, Deku. In this episode, he was more just like watching what Bakugo was gonna do, and pretty much shocked him in terms of like, I mean, Bakugo normally wouldn't save people. He'd say, save yourself. The fact that he even bothered to get in the way of, a, of an attack. And, and this one, it kind of showed that he is changing to an extent. But like I said before, I don't think you should. they should change Bakugo on a fundamental. They, if you want to make him nicer, sure, but don't make it seem forced. Yeah. But I don't even know if like, you should make his character nicer. Because, I mean, it worked out for him in the long run. As I said before, he has an effect on people, regardless of how he acts. I mean... All Might did say that he probably should be more polite, but I think that's just him and him being a teenager. When people say Goku is the strongest character in Dragon Ball, why don't they say Zeno? That's an interesting question. Completely off topic from what we were talking about, but that's an interesting question. I uh, I don't have an answer for you, man, because Zeno doesn't fight. The only thing he's done is destroy an entire universe with his with doing a fist pump in the air. When they say the most powerful, they mean the most powerful fighter, not the most powerful um, character. But Goku's not the most powerful. If you take Super into account, he's not the most powerful. Uh, fighter either who? Super who? Powerful. Dragon Ball Super if you take Dragon Ball oh. Super into account he's 
debatably the most powerful mortal fighter. But even then, I would say that Jiren is probably more powerful still. It's just they hope they took the whole team to kind of take Jiren out. And you'd have to see how that worked, but it'd be pretty big boost in Goku's power to like be able to take Jiren. And then there is Vegeta, who kind of goes back and forth with him throughout Super, where you like you're not so sure who's the most powerful. And then there's the whole debate of like Goku might be the most powerful, but like then again you have um, you have Vegeta like maybe being a little bit less powerful, but with a, a more reliable ability. I never thought that much about the Dragon Ball. I just kind of sat there and enjoyed the ride for, for the most part. I mean, on a basic power scale from what I've seen, um, uh, one of the bigger things is like I feel like there's got to be a limit before we move back to my hero. But there's got to be a limit to a heat. There's got to be there's got to be a ceiling. Like, no, no, nobody, at least in a mortal sense, should be able to climb as high as he has climbed in the power scale. If anything, Bear, Bear should have been the limit. And then if there was one to put more characters above him, they should have done that. But made it so that Goku didn't have to fight them. Aren't yeah. there characters in the manga that are stronger? Uh, I mean, th th that goes without saying. Yes, probably. Like granola and stuff like that, and then I'd I say know it's granola. I thought you didn't read the stuff. I don't, but I've been watching like some of the podcasts and stuff. And then there's so there's stuff like granola, and then there's also like Broly is probably better than Solo Goku. I don't know, cause like, well, I mean, he's a solo Goku. I was trying to think. I don't know, like, cause Gogeta nearly wiped him out. The only thing to stop that from happening was a wish. Right, and then there's of course the fuse characters, but I know that usually the well, good I mean, those ones fuse characters, are unfortunately, they're just gags. They're not really, they're really overpowered because they're a gag. It's 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 the same it's the same concept with Akira Toriyama with uh, Ariel. That little girl that nobody could hurt, and they did in that filler episode, but that was kind of true. If you look in, if you actually look into our comics, um, she's a gag character, and typically gag characters are ridiculously powerful for no reason, and it's only just to for them to be able to withstand things. Like, I think I think in her comics, Ariel's like been thrown off a cliff, she's been blown up. I think, like, there's been a lot of stuff, but she 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 should not have been a survive. But she's a robot that was a gag was a gag. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the main reason why Goku and Vegeta could not hurt her, even though they should supposedly were, were stronger than her at that point in the story. But because she was wearing plot gag armor, she could not be hurt for that reason and that reason alone, which is probably stupid. But I mean, hey, from the comics she's coming from, there's no way you can merge those two worlds. Granted, they're supposed to exist in the same world, I think, so I don't know how that works. These kind of same concept like uh, Bulma's sister, who we all know of, but we have never seen her. Wait, have we seen her? I know Bulma's just blonde. Is this person saying that Bulma's the strongest fighter in Dragon Ball? Because I'm no. totally on board. No, I was just I was just talking about like I was just going in a tangent. I think Bulma's the strongest fighter in Dragon Ball. Bulma and Chi Chi. 
Are you only saying that because they managed to tame two Saiyans? I'm saying because you see how scared everybody acts of them. Well, I think that's just part of a gag. I mean, uh, with them, I, mean, I think even Vegeta has claimed that he doesn't want to see her mad, but or sad. And I think that's just the overprotective husband thing with him. I remember crying out loud. All Barris pimp slapped her and really didn't send her flying too far. Yeah, Bulma tanked a pimp slap from, from Beerus and but not even I don't know if she tanked it. She got she passed out, but I mean she didn't get sent too far. But then again, Beerus wasn't really hitting her Even with Goku the. With the do that. Beerus was like finger flicking Goku to death. Yeah, but I don't think he sent Goku flying. Like I don't think he was really trying to send people flying. Bulma's weakness is that she doesn't have a trainer. Could you imagine Ultra Instinct Bulma? She's not a fighter. It's like, I mean, like, like her, her, her gimmick, or not gimmick, but her, her, her ability is just being smart. I'm not even trying to, I'm not really even trying to entertain uh, an aspect. I mean, if you don't know a bowl, that's a different story, but we don't know much of a bowl. <laughs> that's kind well, of weird. Now, because bowl is yeah, half saying. All she has to do is, like, wave her screwdriver, like, over, like, Android 17, and he was, like, twice as powerful. She's basically a damage. I guess I mean, she's just, I mean, like girls of like uh, I guess her fighting ability. They kept her relevant, funnily enough, just by putting machines into the shit series, <coughs> which is really funny. That and Dragon Ball split. It's actually really funny. Chuchi hasn't been relevant other than popping out Goten. <laughs> Krillin and would beat his bug zapper again. <laughs> Krillin would beat all of my hero academia. I don't know. I, don't, I like I said. I don't know. Like you can't. I don't think you can combine a world. I don't think you can put a, a world. Put a character from a world where energy is key, and you're a trained martial artist into a world where there are heroes running about with these. Really, I don't know how they even classify quirks in this world him and have him running running about in there i feel like there'd be people in there that can like lay him flat out there would be the gimmick abilities like the guy that can take you over if you talk to him there'd be some gimmick abilities that were dangerous but the fighters would all go yeah i don't really know about that i really don't know about that i don't try to think about that kind of thing because there's just some logistics that, that i don't think fit i don't think you can just throw krillin into this world actually i don't think you can throw any any character into this world that didn't belong in it, and uh, and it work out. I think man, just like one of those weird things. I don't think you could, I mean, unless you want to throw Great Sandman in there, but I don't like Great Sandman, so I don't even talk like talking about him. But like, I don't know, just something like I think Key and Quirks just work differently. What about Piccolo? They could put Piccolo in. Again, Key and Quirks work differently. Look, stop getting in the way of my Piccolo froppy fan art. Hello? Piccolo Frappy fan art. Stretchy tongue, stretchy limbs, it'd be great. All Piccolo needs is a gender and we're all set. 
It doesn't even matter which one. Frogs can change gender. Funny, I type both of those names in here, and I'm, all I'm getting is froppy fan art. <laughs> like I'm dead serious. Well, there's some Shoto popping up in here. Uh, there's some Deku no Raka. Just a lot of lewd images of Froppy. And Jero's in here. Okay, saw more of her than I should have. Moving on. Back to My Hero Academia. Uh, like, uh, Bakugo really bum-rushed through it. I mean, to me, I really enjoyed the episode because it was fun watching Bakugo. And he definitely is stronger than he was when he, when he first... He still didn't win uh, the fight with Deku. Uh, those yeah, first two times he fought him. It was interesting to see him outplay uh, Todoroki, too. And Todoroki wasn't doing anything this creative and effective. Oh, Bakugo would have done just as well against the mud guy, I think. I don't know why. You, I feel like what you want from Todoroki is something he can't do, if he, if, or at least not yet. Because it sounds like what you want him to do is it has has to be in the same vein as Kinesis. And I don't think he's capable of doing that. No, I just mean that it, I felt like in this episode, Bakugo clearly set himself up as the number one or two as opposed to, like, tied with Todoroki. He just seemed like he did better. He's a little better than Todoroki right now. Might not always be, but I just got the feeling that right now he is. Yeah, it's good, but what I understand, because I know you said that you were disappointed with how how effective or ineffective he was using his ice ability or even his fire. Like, I don't know. It's just I feel like even with that whole concept, from what, you wanted, from, a, from, a, from what it sounds like you wanted him to do, it seemed like he would need to be able to not only project it, but also control it as it's coming out. And, I, and like, I, like, unless I'm thinking wrong in terms of the, the type of control you wanted him to show, like, the kind of control something like you wanted him to have had a lot to do with, like, ice spikes like uh coming out and then constantly growing in different directions to get to the to get to the objective i don't think he can do that you realize bakugo couldn't fly as well as he did except for his equipment right no, it's bakugo's equipment that really helps gives him the control that he has when he's flying no that's the that's the explosives that he's he's, he's putting out I don't think the gauntlets have anything to do with it. If they are, I, I didn't. I didn't pick up on this at all when he first talked about the gauntlets. Kind of the gauntlets are only they're only they're only there to store up the sweat. Because he said he could not um, he could not do big explosions without hurting himself. So he needed he needed a way to be able to do something that big um, in the in in, uh, in a fight. Which is what the gauntlets all they do is just store his sweat. That's all they do. I think it's the only that's, I think it's the only support on that he has on him besides the. Uh, the grenades. Well, what are those pipe things that stick out of his back? Those were the welding things uh, that the welder guy stuck into him. Oh, he was just fighting with him there anyway? Yeah. Okay. Because those weren't in there. Unless, hold on, let me look up some Bakugo art, uh, like, art actually to see maybe if there are pipes in the back of his back now. I don't think there were. Seems kind of weird if that was part of a design that they that they, he didn't talk about. I mean, granted, he's not much of a talker anyway. 
Well, he's got like he's got jagged things in his back. Those might just be there for show. He's got like jagged, like artistically like flamey looking things coming out of his back. You know, even that black thing, even that black and orange thing that like those. I think that was part of his mask, because they were up on his head when his mask was up. I mean, yeah, they're still artistic, but I think those were a part of his mask. Okay. I thought oh. there was something between them, but I can't... I, I'm watching him walk around right now, and they're not showing him from behind, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, I'm mean, trying to look at a still image, but there's not much going on. I see, like, the things... Oh, yeah, he's behind now. He doesn't have pipes there at all. All right, so I'm wrong. So the only support equipment he has is the, the grenade things, then. And the gauntlets. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, he's also shown that he can do big explosions without the gauntlets, too, so that's kind of like, uh, the gauntlets are probably, uh, I don't want to say a misnomer, but they don't really matter oh. all that much. They kind of fine-tune it, yeah. He, you know, he needs them to not hurt himself, but, uh, if or any, I mean, half and half, he needs them, uh, and the gauntlets that just allow him to give people some of his explosion power, which is actually kind of smart. So far, he's done that twice, so he hasn't forgotten about it. Kind of makes me wonder, maybe he needs to have that girl make him like a rocket launcher or something, so he can just store massive amount of sweat in there. I mean, it'd be dangerous, but I mean, I don't think he cares that much. Apparently, he almost blew up that lizard girl. Which, by the way, I guess we could talk about uh. Well, somebody just cursed me out. Uh, <laughs> before we go here, I want to talk about some of the like the, the heroes that he was fighting. Um, Glooman was weird. Uh, Blade Dude was just like a, a, a higher tier of that guy with the tiny blades back um, during the fight with Kirishima. Um, I thought the glue the glue guy was dumb. He was just a glue guy. He didn't really have much he was doing with his glue. Uh, he could control the was... how fast it dries after he lets it out. Yeah. Which sounds disgusting, actually, but still. The the lizardy character seemed like the only thing she was really doing, and correct me if I'm wrong, was interfering with Jiren. Well, with uh, ears, right? Uh... Yeah, she was trying to drown out her ability to, to scout. Other than that, she was just smart. And then the dagger guy seemed really cool, and I feel like if he had a team of people at his level, he might have been a little more challenging. And then who who was the number four? Couldn't have been that good if I can't remember. But Oh, the the alchemy. My, the guy that reminded me of Full Metal Alchemist. You mean Welder? Uh, we yeah. saw... Welder, actually, a part of this group was the only person that we saw before, and I'm gonna I'm gonna jog your memory because you probably don't remember where he was from. Um, during d oh, during wow. the Bakugo kidnapping art, um, he was there with Yai Rosa. Oh really? He was there for a split second, but he was the one who allowed her to to uh to track that Nomu that left. Okay. So he welded so that device onto him. He was there. If he had a good team leader, he would have been. He could have done something effective. He was even like a really good like field position. Like this specific arena, with all the metal that everything's made out of, would have been a great battlefield for him. 
if he had a better team leader to work with, but I feel like their team leader was kind of a weak one compared to the other ones we've seen. And the the dagger guy, again, like, they just used him as, like, a weapon more than anything, but I feel like he might have been a good reconnaissance kind of character in the right situation. So, it's really, the glue guy was kind of weak. Not terrible, but kind of weak. You know, if Bakugo wasn't there, he would have done much better. And the lizardy character really... If she could do a lot more, then she I mean, might have been okay. I think this group was good. I think the only problem was Bakugo. They no, I think they were pretty. I think they did, they were if they if they didn't have to contend with Bakugo because that's the problem. They don't. None of them have the ability to counter him. You could make an argument that the Blade Dude probably could, but I still don't know if he could have. I mean, yeah, he blocked Bakugo's biggest explosion, but who's to say he could do that again? The Blade Dude, it's teamwork, though. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about teamwork, like, would have made, really made that effective for them. If they'd had, some, like, a team that could have come together well, and, they, like... They had a plan. They just stuck to it too hardcore when Bakugo was flying over to, all over to place and breaking every single, like, strategic position they could have had. I mean, I think even Vlad says that they had a plan. They just they stuck to it too hardcore. They weren't, they weren't flexible. Yeah, Bakugo, you need in order to fight Bakugo, you need to have a you need to have a plan that can change, because he's just erratic. Um, they just didn't know how to deal with him, which you can't really blame them, because like I don't know how you deal with a man who who's already shown how mobile he is in the air. I think you, I think you would have to ground him, but I still don't even think um, Simadine, uh, I think what his name is or whatever his name was, I don't think he could bond, bond, um, bond him to the ground. I mean, he could try, but you had to get him when he's, like, on the ground, which actually, I think the entire fight, Baka was not on the ground. I think he was in the air the entire time. I think. Right. He would I mean, have to trick him. He might have kicked off something at some point, but, like, I think you're, I think you're right. I mean, he stepped off of Jiro to block, to, to, uh, to get her out of the way so she wouldn't get hit. So he just stepped on her. I mean, didn't, on top of that, I mean, he wasn't, like, always in the air. He, he was p bouncing off of pipes and whatnot. I guess he could have like planned that he was gonna bounce back and forth. That's how he's able to maneuver so well. So if we told the blade person, blade person, despite your combat ability, your primary goal is going to be to keep Bakugo distracted. Um, and then we said to the alchemist guy, like, you know, the metal bender, basically, your job is to make things crash nonstop so that the people on the ground are are distracted. And then they said to the glue guy, like, we need you to hide. And pop out when um, when least expected to try to um, to try to bind Bakugo. And then once you've got Bakugo glued up and the other team is distracted, I'll come in and I don't know. Lizardy can use whatever actual power she has to fight Bakugo or something like that. Like, but there are things that could have been done. Um, that could have made pulled the team together as a distraction. Like, not only was that Blade guy a good warrior, but he was also extraordinarily mobile in mid-level of the arena. Like, he couldn't fly beyond the arena, but, like, nobody's going beyond the arena anyway. So in the mid-level, like, he can bounce off anything, apparently, and, like, fly everywhere. So he would have been a great distraction. And being able to collapse the arena on the people below would have been a great distraction, too. And then you have a glue guy that can take Bakugo's ability to fly away. Like, he can blast the the, net, the uh, webs from a distance, but I'm going to call them webs because that's what he was using them as. But if it, hit him on, if it hit him dead on, it definitely could have screwed him up. So there are things they could have been doing 
you know what I mean, to cause problems. And even Lizardy could have, like, maybe taken bigger chunks of her, like, an arm or something and wiggled it to distract Bakugo, so he's striking at, like, random arms and legs and stuff like that, thinking that it's it's an attacker. So, there's, there is strategies that could have been implemented, or, like, a plan B, like, as we saw, the other, a lot of the other characters had a plan B strategy that they thought of so that they weren't just stuck with plan A. And I think there was more that could have been happening in this battlefield. I think that they... Their team leader of that other team was really weak compared to other team leaders that we've seen. I mean, I, I can see. I just don't know. I just, I feel like, yeah. I mean, I just don't know. Especially like, I mean, you talking about buying Bakugo down? I don't know. You can only distract that man because they were distracting him to an extent, but he didn't. Really, he was never distracted too long. Yeah. So but like, do you see like, what I mean? Like with like lizard parts, like I mean that's what the idea of lizardy is. Like they lose a tail and the tail twitches and distracts predators. Like literally the whole concept of her ability that she's obviously upgraded since, but like was that you know I mean she has the lizard's ability to like drop a tail and wiggle it and that keeps the predator busy. So she could have done that with other stuff too and had a piece of her like going you know and then he blows it up and she regenerates it. Not ideal, but like it could keep him distracted for a little while shooting his fire at shit while other people come in. The blade guy could have come in and done something too. The blue I mean, guy. I like, think the blade guy could just cut off his limbs, but that's kind of illegal because they're not trying to kill each other. The glue guy gets gets glue on Bakugo, and then the blade guy kicks him into a into a wall so he's stuck. Or the alchemist like drops a drops a beam on him after that so that it's stuck to him, and then he's weighed down, and then his like mobility's gone, which was his big strength. And then they take the fight away from him so he can't help the rest of his team, and the rest of his team wasn't that great anyway. I don't know. There's just stuff that I mean, and they would have had counters for it, and then everything would have changed. But like. They had ways to turn, at least temporarily, turn the, the battle in their favor with the current skills and abilities they had. I mean, yeah, I agree about Ison, but they were trying to, but as I said before, they only had one plan. Yeah. Long, I guess as long as so much you can do with one plan. But um... Yeah, it's just, you had, Sugar Rush is just big and tough, and who is, what's the name of the earphones person that I really like and I can't think of her name right now? Jiro? Jiro, thank you. I kept wanting to say Jiren. Jiro, um... Jiro is basically, without her ability, she has one blast, and then she's a regular fighter, so she's sort of like, I don't know, like the best... I don't know if she's just one blast. The best, one type of blast. The best ability she has out of, the best comparison I can make to her out of universe would be like DC's Black Canary. Um, which is like a different level of hero. You know what I mean? She has a, she has a sound blast. And then she's sort of a fighter in hand-to-hand. -hand. Her ability to, like, hear things is not that useful in, in a battle. So, and then you have um, the tape guy, who I think is, like, really effective and would be a little more of a challenge. Stero. I think I was hearing it with Stero Fane. Stero and the Blade guy would have been a good match on one-on-one, -on -one because they... They both have similar mobility and they seem similarly capable. I don't know if that's really fair considering he could just cut off, cut the tape off and whatnot. I mean, how mobile he is, he could have cut the tape off and made him fall on the ground. He could have, but he would have had to use himself for that and Ciro can always just make more tape. So, 
I don't know. Those two would be a fun battle on a one, a straight one-on-one, -on -one, in my opinion. I mean, if you say so, I don't know. I just like, I, like, I don't know how fair that fight would be. Because <laughs> take going get you so far. I mean, especially if the person constantly cut it. It's not like there's a limit to how many blades he can make. Mm -hmm. And where they come from in his body. Um, I guess now after the fight's over, uh, you see all my come up to block and go congratulate him. He acts like he always does. Chills. I thought that was awesome. He's like, I got chills. And then yeah. nobody else had any criticism for the team. They're like, you, you, you rocked it, guys. You know. I mean, Bakugo's like his plan was always the same to become the number one hero. That was like that was that was his goal. He was like win to save people, which is like what I really loved that that phrase. I remember when he first uttered it to uh, to Deku when he first became his rival officially. But I, it was really cool to hear it again um, here in in, in 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 a situation where he was doing what he said he was gonna do. I think one of the main things I think one of the bigger things I like about Bakugo is the fact that like characters like him. I say this all the time, and I'll say it to the end of to the to the one off this earth. Characters like him never get treated this good, never, because they 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 they're they're there they're there to be they're there to be deflated. They're there to be humiliated. They're there to make the main character look good. But in this case, they're not doing that to him. He's still there to make Deku look good, but I mean, he's got his own thing going, and he's there to make himself look good. Like, if anything, I will say, you might disagree with me on this one, but I will say I think one of the good things about Bakugo is the fact that he's a natural-born leader, even even with a lot of the problems that he does have mentally. A lot of Bakugo's flaws are really in his in, in the way he acts towards people. I want to say that he's probably, a, he's probably an extreme introvert, and by that I mean he's probably not the best with people. He doesn't got people skills. Uh, a lot of that has a lot to do with the fact of how he was treated growing up, but um, that's not really his fault. That's really the people. That's really adults around him. The only person that seems to even give him what he needs to hear is his mother, who we don't see that much at all in this series, and we see how she acts. So we can see where Ibaka gets his personality from in the first place. Well, she's the only one who actually disciplines him. His father just kind of sits there in, in, the, in the background, doesn't absolutely nothing. At least it's not Endeavor, though. He must just thank, thank God every single night. Thank you for not having Endeavor be my father. Endeavor is trying to change. He's, a, he's not asking for forgiveness. He's just trying to move on and change. Oh, a wife beater that's trying to change. Isn't that unique? What wife beaters do you know would try to change? They just keep beating the wife. No, they're like, come back, take me back, honey, I'll change. Again, what wife beater do you know who actually was trying to change? Like I said before, no, they, they just, just keep beating the wife. They just, they just say they're gonna change. Again, the question still stands. At least he's trying to make an effort. And he's not even going near his wife. Like, oh, that's that's good. He's gonna be a much better father that way. He still sees his children. What did you do to be a good wife? Well, first of all, I don't come. I go. What did you do to be a good father? Well, first of all, 
I have nothing to do with my wife. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Okay, this you're up to is traumatized. What are you like? What do you want from him? As guess what I'm like. What do you want from him? What do you want him to do? I think if he was my dad, he would be doing the exact right thing in that situation. The less he interacts with me, the happier I would be. I just wish she'd be like that with all the kids. And not just the wife, you know? He's trying to fix the, the issues that he caused. Yeah. I know you don't like characters like that, and I, I fully understand you at the same time, and it's like... I I, I, want, I want to give him the chance just just because you know like he it looks like he's changing I want to give people who who like who I believe deserve it the benefit of the doubt and right now Endeavor's probably the extreme of that situation based on all the character development they gave him beforehand but based on what he's doing now after his fight with that Nomu he's trying to change mainly because he sees the damage he's done and he also realizes he can't really be an effective number one hero um the way he the way his past is and he's trying to at least rectify it he's not asking to be forgiven he's not asking for people to forgive him he just wants to move on and make and change what he's done so at least the future that they have is a lot better than they currently got right now yeah i feel like that's that's that is like the most that you could ask of a man who wasn't the best person the best human being and at least in that in that universe and I still kind of think that it, All Might holds some responsibility for that, because if he wasn't so dang good, he wouldn't. This guy wouldn't have literally uh, broken his mind trying to best him. It's like the only real reason why Endeavor could not best All Might was the fact that he overheats too fast. Like if all, if he didn't have that, he probably could have tried to put up a better fight. Yeah. There are ways that he could have done that without involving human life. I admit that. I am fully admitting that there are definite ways he could have done that without without having human life being involved. But I feel no, like that's probably his that was that in his mind that was the best way to go about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like that's why I think I I know that's really bad. But at the same time, I think he didn't he didn't probably wouldn't rely on. Uh, support items and who's to say there was there was a there was a there was a support person out there willing to work with him that's right you can't, can't guarantee that right was there was a support guy who was willing to make him something or they couldn't think of a way to cool him off maybe he generated heat so fast there was no there was nothing on earth that could cool him off you, you got some you cannon. what i didn't say anything I'm gonna, I'm gonna re-listen to this video again. I'm gonna catch what you said. But um, so I just like I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I know you don't want to. I I accept that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna carry on and hope that at least there is some change gonna happen. Um, you sound like a soccer mom explaining why her son actually won even though the score was was wrong. My son, you. He might have been on the losing team, but he had more goals and assists than anybody else. You see those little legs when he runs. He's also he's the cutest little soccer player on the whole on the whole league, and I think he's wonderful. Nobody works as hard as my son to get get where he is. He's got star material. I, and I think you cannot forgive his past, but like, what's the point of having a character who's trying to change if 
if like there's like I mean if there's a redemption arc gonna happen if he didn't do something bad in his past. But crying out loud, I, I I did not like Vegeta flat period when he first came on this scene. And like I, I actually have expected to end the series hating that character. He li- yeah. it literally took him dying, coming back, saving his children. You know, because he he was, I feel like he was just as bad as him. He didn't care about he didn't care about his son. He didn't care about his wife. Ground, I don't know why he even had a kid. If I'm being honest, but uh, like a lot of that just, just just seemed like random. I feel like I feel like Bulma was only picked up so easily because she was on a rebound. I'm sorry to say that about Bulma, but at the same time, I can't think of any reason why she would get in bed with him. Like she saw how horrible he was. Like there was so many opportunities that she saw how horrible he was, yet she still got in bed with him. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Vegeta. You could make the same argument for Vegeta, but he turned around. Now, so again, he didn't hurt Bulma, as far as I know. I mean, there's still no proof of that. But uh, I don't even think he hurt her physically. Based on all the scenes that we've seen, like of those two interacting, which is very little, by the way, I don't think he hurt he hurt her ment- uh, physically. Now, mentally, probably, but at the same time, who's to say that she wasn't crazy to begin with? That family has a lot of problems. I don't know. You're lucky that this podcast isn't more popular than it is. We're getting a dollar every day. There's so many people that like would be like flipping out on you for like being like maybe it's her fault that she got beaten. <laughs> like he couldn't I'm help not, it. Tom, I'm not saying like she, but I don't know. I feel like she. I still stand by. She could have gotten out of the relationship. She was not bound to him. I don't mm-hmm. care what you say. She was not yeah. bound to him. She yeah. was not. She yeah. was not. Yeah. How deep is it? What? How deep oh. is that grave you're digging yourself? I'm about to hit bedrock. Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sitting there saying that. Like, I feel like they were both parties involved in the situation. I don't think this this thing we see is as black and white as a as it looks. Yeah, I, all I like, all I really, I'm I'm really just focused on the future of Endeavor. I want to see him change. It sounds like he's trying to change. And I know you don't you don't like him just based on all that you've seen. And like, I mean, there's a lot of people who are like that. But I want to give some hope because he's the only he's the only flame-based hero right now. Singular flame-based hero right now. Nobody not like he doesn't make explosions like that. The the only, he's able to generate and produce flame and control it. He's a pyrokinetic. He's the only pyrokinetic in this entire show at this point. That's what I I, I hate that in the shows the fire people get the bad rap. It annoys me so much. Mm-hmm. At least Avatar, they gave Zuko a chance. But that was the only show that I've seen that actually had a had a guy who was using fire, who wasn't a bad guy. I don't understand why. If any, this is a tangent. I don't understand why in any fantasy situation, people who use fire are necessarily evil. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uncle Iroh. Iroh and Zuko are the only examples, and they're both on the f- same show for crying out loud. But I don't understand why, in every fantasy situation where there's, a, there's fire involved in, in the ether, the person using it is evil. Edom Chronicles. 
Who? Edom Chronicles. What? The main character in Edom Chronicles, one of them is a is a dragon and doesn't know it and he uses fire. What the heck is Edom I ain't never heard of this. Yeah, it's a cool series. It's only ten episodes. I like it. That's still only two series. There isn't like there's a lot more that the, the person using fire is a is, is a bad person. Okay. They've never, and in in the situation too, yeah, they they did convert them, but they didn't start out good. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, you, can the, you can make the uh, uh, like the like the starting out good for Mako thing, but that's still only like I consider Legend of Korra and Avatar the same series, so it's like still only two series. Anytime fire is involved, it's always a bad thing. It's always the mark of the devil. They never they never attempt to put it on a on a person who's trying to do good. Yeah, I understand fire burns everything down, but fire is a source of freaking life. Yeah. It's like it, it just annoys me so much that anytime there's a person who's, just, who's a power kinetic or whatever, they're a, initially a bad person. I don't understand why they do like, why don't they do that for wa water people? Why don't they do that for people? Like, it just, it just, it annoys me so much. It really annoys me. And it annoys me here too. Captain Planet. I'm talking about someone who's, who just controls fire. Not, not, not somebody who's, in a, who's a mixture no, of different Planet. things. The series Captain Planet, the character Wheeler with the fire ring. That 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 uh, pollution guy was just a, was literally just one uh, like conglomerate thing. He still he had control over all the stuff. Like there wasn't specifically a Captain Planet that had fire control. You're saying because he had a fire ring and not natural fire ability, that's why he doesn't count? You talking about the kid that makes up Captain Planet? Yeah. He didn't make fire. Yes, he did. Wheeler had the, the ring of fire. I can't even find him in the thing. What happened here? Where is he? Earth, fire, wind, water, heart. There were five rings. They were all good guys. It doesn't matter which one it was. There's still only four instances, Jock. My point is still being proven. There's not there's not a lot of situations okay, where the fire, fire person is a good guy. Now you need to come up with five instances where a fire person was a bad guy or it's at least a tie. Avatar? The firebenders were still evil. No, 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 no. Avatar, in Legend of Korra, I, there are many, many firebenders that are good. How about this? Evil firewielders. How about that? I've seen more instances of evil firewielders than I've seen of good ones. So you say. I definitely believe that you said that. Uh, see here, I'm, uh, at least this is from the Marvel Universe, Mephisto. 
is evil. Alright, uh... He's a villain. Human Torch from the Fantastic Four. Is he a power kinetic? Yep. Tachi Uchiha, at the very beginning of the show, he was evil. He had the ability to use uh, fire jutsu. Uh, the X-Men Sunfire. Is that guy evil? Nope. And then there's just the DC character called Fire. He he, from Yu Hakusho. He started out, he started out in the show Evil. Uh, Ghost Rider. Based on for Hunter Hunter, the guy had the ability to use fire, and he was evil. He started out evil. All right, I'll give you that one for catching up with me. I guess I'm just gonna, I, I just, I wish they just stop making, like, it's like when it comes to evil characters, stop using fire as a crutch. What about Dalson? Does he count? Who? Dalson from Street Fighter. With a stretchy African dude with this, with the, he yeah, burps fire. I don't think he uses fire. Oh shoot. Yoda fire! Yoda flame! Uh, let's see. Demo Goblin? I don't know who that guy is. Okay, gotta move on from this song. Wait. How about, how about Fire Mario? <laughs> Why are you, you're really just reaching here. <laughs> <laughs> you just you know it too because you're laughing. Because <laughs> I know I'm getting under your skin. <laughs> I know it's not that big of a deal for you, but it truly is a big deal. Like, fire is probably one of my favorite abilities, period, in terms of fantasy. But I just like, mm -hmm. I, every time I see a bad guy and he's fire, I'm like, why? Use something else. Shoot. Stop, like, stop it. You see, like, water is like, I mean, yeah, there are water villains too. But at the same time, I don't, you, I don't see it as much. But crying right. out, I, think, I think even Darth Vader could cause fire to, to pop up in the ether. Like, it just, it just, I'm like, sure. stop there's, like, making them evil and then it turned them good. There's literally, like, a force ability for everything, so I'm sure. I like, I just wish they stopped doing this. Stop trying to make an evil fire dude and then redeem them later on. It's starting to get stale. Yeah. I'm letting I'm letting it I'm letting Endeavor go with this one, but it's like you need to stop that. Fire is not inherently evil. 
So they did a good job at Avatar with that uh, with that evil waterbender. I think it was possible considering with the way they, the way they made tribes seem like, and you don't necessarily see a bad-natured person. I know it's like later on you start seeing bad-natured waterbenders all all over the place. I mean that's how bloodbending came to be. And she did that for she did that for revenge purposes, but point still stands. Uh-huh. That was the kind of that was conceived out of hatred. Usually if it's a bad guy and they're a waterbender, they're or like they have a water-based power, it's ice. Not um not water. I think uh-huh. is it Pylee? No, Pylee was the fire metal bender uh, fire me- mental fire bender. Yeah. What was her name? Yeah, I forgot because she she had she didn't have arms. She was bending with the stubs in her hand on her arm shoulders. I forgot her name. Mm-hmm. Bending time when she used ice mostly, but so second half of the episode. Now that we're an hour and a half in. <laughs> There's not much going on there. We just we see um, All Might compliment Baco. Uh, Decker does the same thing. He acts like he usually does, uh, in his own way, challenging Deku because he's too uh, introverted just just to give him a fist bump or say thank you. Uh, what do you think about the fact that Deku's strategy is the opposite of uh, Bakugo's in a way? I don't think it's any Bakugo different. He's like, going he's going in as bait. Yeah, where Bakugo is like, I'm coming in and I'm just going to take the front and kick the crap out of everything. And Deku is like, I'll be the bait. And like... In a, I mean, Bakugo's in a, the bait. The difference is subtle, but it's important because, um... I mean, because... Strategy was trying to make sure they didn't, he didn't give them any chance to breathe. He didn't want them yeah. thinking. He didn't want them, he didn't want them, like, uh... I think he knew that they were going to try to, uh, do something, so he just said, we're not going to give him a chance to think. I'm yeah, but Deku moving. Was, what I'm talking about here is that Bakugo was like, I'm going to be the star of the show... You're the support, and Deku's immediately setting himself up, saying, like, Alright, for this one, I'm gonna be a support character, like, I'm gonna just distract everybody while you guys make it happen. You know what I mean? And that was kind of an interesting little juxtaposition there, but, like, you know, he's not like, I'm gonna lead you idiots, like, you're my minions. He was like, I'm gonna be the distraction and and take everything, and you guys, you know what I mean? You guys lead this lead the part that's going to feed your ego, you know? It's just the way Deku does things. Like, he always finds a way to, like, bring everybody else's strengths out and make them feel good about themselves, where Bakugo, we have to admit, doesn't quite do that. You know what I mean? I mean, he did it in this case, and that was, like, a big growth point for him, but, like, I don't know. Deku's instinct is to put everybody else in front. You know what I mean? Like, as far as getting credit and getting the good stuff. But he's the only one that could do anything. I mean, legitimately, I mean, they, I think Uraka, Ashida, I even brought up the fact that all they can do is make things float and melt things. How many times how much... has Deku, how many times has Deku taken it for the, to the chin for everybody else, you know? In, in the tournament against Todoroki, like, he was like, you know, he was like, stop holding back, and he, like, took hits over and over again until Todoroki, like, really put his all in. When he was fighting the muscular guy... And uh, he was just getting wounded and wounded and wounded, but he was not going to let that other kid take it. 
he's just over and over again his like his core like nature is to like let everybody else like take as much as he can like tank as much as he can in, in the name of protecting and helping everybody so it's just one more example of that where he's just like i'm gonna like i'll take all the damage i'll take all the threats i'll take all the danger you guys do your best you know what i mean and, and like really shine for it you know i just think that's kind of cool that's just very like deku of him to have that strategy and it's very bakugo of him to be like all right you idiots like just cover my ass like we're gonna do it you know what i mean it's gonna be incredible like no defeat whatsoever he came through on it and everything but it's just a very bakugo approach and that's an extremely deku approach but i, I thought it was kind of cool that like in a way they were kind of mirror images of each other two sides of the same coin just like the two of them are oh, I, so. I got all that i'm just saying i'm just thinking practically speaking there's nothing, I mean, granted, I will admit that the team they're going against isn't practically anything either, but they still, they still got two trump cards in the form of uh, Momo, who can copy abilities. And um, granted, I say that hesitantly because I thought the last time he tried copying Deku, it became a blank. So I don't think he was even able to copy Deku, but that was back when Deku wasn't using all for one throw his entire body. So I don't I don't know that that changes anything, and I don't know if maybe he improved his quirks so he can copy abilities he couldn't copy before. Um, the other three we don't really know much about them. Uh, even though that one guy with the scouter on his face said that we're all technical types, so it's gonna be really difficult to deal with deal with uh, deal with Deku. Uh, they were all gonna leave that with Shinzo. Yeah. Who isn't really all strong in his own right? But he has shown that he is uh, adept at learning real quickly, which he, he kind of has to. What we're gonna need, what we're going to need to see from him, though, is that now that everybody knows his big trick and everybody knows his new trick, like, how is he going to make anyone, like, work around it, like, in a realistic way? Like, I mean, right, we know here's, that, the, here's the thing. Like, now that they know it, they're going to be paranoid, so they're not going to be listening to anybody. So in, in in a real in a real advantage that's kind of that kind of works to his advantage. If nobody trusts anybody, they won't be listening out for anybody's commands. The, the only way you could know is is somebody says I didn't say that, but it might be too late. Because like your brain receives things quicker than your uh, well your mouth says something quicker than your brain receives it. So you might say yes before someone says I didn't say that, and then. Yeah, and he's got to find a way. I mean, yeah, I understand what you're talking about like he he has two tricks up his sleeve. One of them being the mask, because he needs to be able to trick people into saying yes. Because he's well aware of that. People know that they need to respond to him for his for him to take control. Mm -hmm. But that could easily be circumvented at some point. Like if he could learn a way to force his will. I think what really for him, he's gonna have to give in to the villain side of his quirk for him to be able to use his quirk effectively. And by, and by villain side, I mean he's gotta. I think he's gotta find a way to force his will upon somebody, versus them verbally saying yes. That's kind of like what his quirk does: is he has to say something, and then they have to respond back. If he can force a way to take control of somebody's brain, like uh, somehow with sound waves, you know, maybe going to their ear and their their brain receives it. That just just I think there's ways to make somebody forcibly say yes to something but right now because he's new to this and he's trying to get into the hero course right now he's probably not thinking that far ahead yeah 
so that that mask was just a way to an easy, an easy way to circumvent he realizes that people if they didn't know if it was him that they might respond to me which is true that they that worked in the first round but like Shinzo's got to work that binding claw what do you think is really what's going to happen that binding claw is going to be his um his trump card because like yeah i mean his quirk is virtually really powerful in the mental aspect but he he uh he needs to be able to use that bandit clutch by the way i was watching other people react to this episode and um that that point when you saw shinzo pull down that um that pipe out of that uh out of that system and slamming it on top of the beast man's head somebody brought the imagine how strong he would have to be to be able to yank that off of there uh i think a lot of that binding clutch has a lot to do with his own physical ability yeah he might actually be stronger now physically than he was back then. Do you think that the guy that copies talents is going to be a big threat with this if he copies that guy's ability? Possibly. I don't know like what his copy ability initially does. Like, if anything, what they could do is um, they could just have Momo hiding off in the distance somewhere with that quirk copied and if like they'll like they'll hear something in the distance and if they don't know who it is and they can't see they might respond to him you never know they do there's probably ways to use him and use it in a tactful in a tactful way i believe that momo just can't be seen if he does that it's going to break the illusion mm-hmm so like in real life it probably he's probably he'd be useful if he can get he can stay hidden but judging with how his personality is, I highly doubt he'll stay hidden. Yeah. Granted, this episode he showed that he had a different side, and he what he was doing was just showing that our our path is just as right as their path. Like we shouldn't be judged any less because we haven't been in a in a, in a confrontation with a villain, which he isn't wrong. He's actually really right. I think he, I think he said something about like last time, like a char- a, a character who. Who's doing thing? Who's doing like annoying things, but for the right reason? He he he's he's that you know he's he's saying that why should they get all the uh, get all the spotlight when we're just as good as they are? The only reason the only reason that we're distinguished is because there are too many people to put in one class. Because they're all technically class one. It's just that you know there were there's too many of them in the hero course. I guess what's something also to bring up and to bring to mind too is that these are one class. They came in together and they'll graduate together. So I think there's going to be a lot of new heroes popping out of this. I mean, I really do think Momo might be a threat. Probably not in a way we're thinking. Because mm-hmm. I don't know like what he did to improve his quirk. He seems like he's 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 you know he he's modest and he doesn't he doesn't he just saying that he's not all that special, but for a guy who's been yapping his mouth the entire time, I, I hope he's done. I hope he's done something different with Squirt. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like he might be, because like I don't know what the other three can do. One's got a scouter. One looks like she's got a ice power, but I don't think that's what she has. She might have some kind of ghosty power, or whatever. I don't really know. Um, I got a ghost power vibe from her. She's probably like a ghost power or something going on. And I don't know the other girl with the who looked like a race type. I don't know. I don't know what she was actually. I don't know what clothing she was wearing. It was very weird. She she seemed kind of out of. She seemed kind of in the in the, in the back. You didn't really see her. So she might be she might be surprising. Yeah. They all 
I don't know. It just, it seems like, other than Deku, like, I mean, they're almost making fun of themselves with Grape and everything. I have a feeling the Acid Lady is going to do a lot better than than we think. I have a lot of faith in her, like, shining in this one. I don't know if you think that's nuts or not, but I have... I hope you're right. I mean, I'm not that big of a fan of Ashido. Not saying she's a bad character. I'm, mm. I'm just not that big of a fan of her. I mean, her quirk just melts things. It's like, that's about it. She can make acid rain. She's shown, she's shown she very useless like to her ability. Huh? Doesn't she kind of roller skate on it? Uh, she uses she uses the acid to slide on it as a as a liquid. So yeah, because her skin is is the only thing that the acid won't melt. Yeah. Plus, I'm sure she can knock things down, like which will be useful. I don't know. How, I don't know if she can do control demolition, which is what she would need to do. Good that she she has shown that she can shoot the the acid in a straight line, so she probably could do control demolition. It's actually a really good arena for grape and uh, Raraka too. If you really think about it, it's a relatively weak team in an open field, but like with this arena, like and all the interesting things that it entails, grape can do a lot of like sticking around and setting up traps and. She can do a lot of mobility things and not and causing things to collapse down. Uberaka can get them up there in the first place. You know what I mean with levitation. Maybe even levitate some things that are collapsing as a defensive move. There's actually a lot of um, potential in this group with this with this field. So as long I as they're want, I want her to do a new move or at least at least have a comet home run comeback because that was that was my favorite move of hers. I just laughed so hard. <laughs> She took that pillar and just used it as a baseball bat and swung the Bray at Bakugan. <laughs> if they do that, I'll, I'll at least be happy, because she's been doing nothing but sitting in the background. Yeah. It disappoints me because I've been seeing, I've been seeing things in the, in the uh, as I guess the show, as, as the manga is run, running down. There's something going on with Bakugo and her. I mean, not Bakugo. Something going on with uh, Oof, Bakugo and her. Jeez, I hate that a scene. There's a lot of people really wanting Bakugo and Uraka to get together. I'm against that, but um, I can see it working, but I'm, I'm against it. But uh, there's something going on with Bakugo. Uh, dang, I keep saying Bakugo. With Deku and Uraka, there might be a romance brewing. So I guess at least that. Again, that worries me because they do these things to these female characters. They don't, and it upsets me. Stop making them love interests. If you can't do anything with them, get them out of the get them out of the spotlight. Stop using them. They were doing so well with her. And I, I, if I could if I could rant about Froppy real quick, I know you joke around. <laughs> okay. I know you joke around, but um. It does really upset me that she is so well balanced, but her quirk has not evolved. It hasn't evolved. And there were things I was expecting, like maybe her being able to shoot like poison darts. Because, I mean, she could become a poison dart frog. Mm -hmm. They're really dangerous. Actually, I think the poison dart frogs are the most dangerous amphibian in the world. Next to the other one, I think, is also just dangerous, dangerous. Like, that mucus could evolve into poison. Well, you know, not real poison, but you get what I'm talking about. Like, her, I'm disappointed that of all the characters that have changed and evolved their quirk, 
hers has stayed the same. And it's because I hate the fact that at the very beginning of the series, she was shown to be this really well-balanced character. She she was in tune with her emotions. She knew what was going on. And she's been... I think the problem is that she hasn't gone down, but she hasn't gone up in, in, in usability either. She's stayed in the middle. She's playing that she's playing that middle road really harshly, and it's kind of annoying considering that of all the of all the frogs that exist in the world, you think she, her quirk would have evolved to a point to emulate another frog, but it hasn't. I think she's just emulating the tree frog. The tree frog. I think that's all she's emulating. Yeah, it she's seems got, like she, it. She's got an invisibility, which I don't think the tree frog. I think it's kind of a camouflage. She's meant, she's blending in with the surrounding, but like I feel like. That's kind of disappointing. There's so many frog types out there that her quirk could evolve and emulate, but it just hasn't, for a lack of any real reason. Her, her saying she's never she's never stated that she's reached the, the you know the epitome of her quirk. Her quirk can't get any better than this. She's never said that. Um, I feel like she's she's she, she's like, I mean, as much as you joke around with her being Piccolo, is like, I guess, kind of. <laughs> At this point, <laughs> she's played the middle of the road is what Piccolo's doing. He's not getting better, but he's not getting worse. Well, I mean, you can make the argument because he's talking about his arms falling off, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> Piccolo's played the middle of the ground. I know as much as you joked around, like, if you really look at Froppy, she's very... Of all the female characters, she's the most annoying to watch based on the fact that, well, I know about frogs. So it it really does annoy me. I know you joke around with her being a fair character, but it really does annoy me. I don't know how you feel, but like it's like there's some potential for her. Like they gave her her own episode. They give her all these compliments, and that's it. That's about it. Mm -hmm. And it's like why 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 can I get that a gift? Why? She's a good class A. I mean, that's the she's she's a she plays she's balanced. That's what they kept on saying. They kept on they're they're hanging in with it. They're hanging in with it. She's really balanced. She can go anywhere. There was a point where I thought she'd only be a good support hero, but based on this how she's performed here, I don't think she just could be a good def, uh, support hero. She could be a good combat hero too if the if the if the situation called for it. Cause actually, yeah. when she kicked that, when she kicked that, uh, that beast dude, that was a really strong kick. <laughs> so it was one of those like she could do some damage if she really needed to. I gotta tell you, you're making me so happy with this dialogue. <laughs> I'm gonna make you upset now because I'm ending the dialogue now. <laughs> what? <laughs> All joking aside, um, next episode is going to be Deku's uh, fight with, with his group, with the other guy, with the other Class B, and that's the final, the final fight of this arc that we're gonna that they're doing. So we're going to see what's going to end up there. And I guess as we are closing in at an hour and thirty minutes, we're going to talk real quick, but also in in real uh, detail with Shaman King's episodes three and four. Uh. Can you get me the link to those real quick? I have it on my laptop and not my desktop. I like to play them in silent mode. 
Thank you. Um, and I think you can also click to episode four from there as well. That's a lot of work. I'll probably just Google it after I'm done. I can just give it to you. Don't worry. Dude, I'm kidding. Calm down. What? I got it. I got it. It's done. It's in the chat. Jesus. <laughs> you started this. I ended it. <laughs> you did indeed. Um, I think we in episode three, from what I remember, we pretty well, not remember, I'm looking at it right now, but, uh, Pretty much, we uh, the, we ended the last episode with Yo in in the hospital, and Anna, this chick that is supposed to be his fiance, ends up walking in. And since we see that 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 dynamic of these two, and um, she, well, later on in the episode we see that apparently she can her ability is that she can um pull spirits from the from the dead, like we, she can pull them from heaven, apparently. Or wherever they wherever they are, and she can force them into her fiance Yo's body. Yeah. Uh, apparently, she comes from a very strong. She comes from a very. I guess like, like her bloodline is really strong. So I guess she's really strong. But I guess another thing too is that she's playing off this. Uh, from this from the era that this anime is from, she's playing that whole like uh, tsundere type of chick. You know. You know. She she's really rude to people. Except for the guy that she likes, but I mean, she's kind of rude to him here too. <laughs> like the redhead from Neon Genesis. I'm gonna agree because I have not seen that. Okay. I'm aware of the wow. anime, but I never watched it. And she's like sa a sassy, or aggressive, redheaded female character. Yeah, I think they okay. aren't all redheads sassy. Moving on. <laughs> wow. I think I just, I think I just thought something very controversial. <laughs> I think I just got us. I think we just lost the two followers we had. <laughs> I think possibly. <laughs> They're both red hits. Moving on. <laughs> um, essentially, this episode, episode three, is uh, we see them working their um their uh, differences out. We find out apparently Yo didn't agree to this marriage. Surprise, surprise. Mm -hmm. Um, we also find that apparently the Shaman King is essentially the president of the entire world. Um. This was detail lost in translation a long time ago. This was not ever. This was never ever stated. That I, I can remember. I didn't know the Shaman King was like the president, and her goal was to become the first lady. So uh, that kind of feeds into her whole selfishness right there. But she's probably got some good reasoning behind it. Um, like characters like this, that we always see that they have good reasoning behind everything they're doing. Uh. I, f I have the feeling she probably does really love Yo, but she has a hard. She, she this is her way of showing it. But um, apparently also Yo was being trained by her, which is why he ended up running away from her. <laughs> She's like a very messed up version of Chi Chi. Yeah, but she is like a big time like stereotype. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, like, she's a she's a middle school girl. Of course, because she's a big old stereotype. Um, yeah, I mean, just a super. I mean, she. You could have called her launch without the blue-haired version. You know, I think I buy that more than Chichi. <laughs> I'm just saying. I guess you can compare her to 18 too, if you really wanted to. 
Mm-hmm, and 18. Actually, 18 is better than launch, even. Here we, we're doing this live, folks. We're one-upping ourselves accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the point is, the point is that she's a very common trope in anime, so. Yeah, basically she's called a sundari. She's a very extreme sundari. Mm -hmm. uh, for anybody who doesn't know what that term is, it's it's a it's a character who has problems showing their emotions um, to people that they like or their friends. So they're just mean or rude to them on purpose. They outgrow this when they get older, but this is how they are right now. But um. Uh, we cut, we cut to after they go from school, after Yo was running away from her, because apparently she trained him so hard, she's got, he's got bandages all over his body. We cut to them being in a, in a, going to a movie with a... Uh, I want to say he's a Jackie Chan ripoff. But I'm pretty sure there's somebody else that he's more comparable to than Jackie Chan. I just, I'm just drawing a blank. I want to say no, Jet Li, but doesn't Jet Li fight with swords? No, I'm, uh... There was a guy that Jackie Chan fought that he actually did. No, the Bruce Lee fought that he actually did remind me of. Um, I guess he's let more me Bruce Lee because I... he does use nunchucks. <laughs> no, no, no. There's a guy. Hang on. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The American boxer? Yeah, I'll show you. I'm going to link you to the fight scene in Discord. That Kareem it Bar was a, was a basketball a player. Just look at the fight scene. It's a really good fight scene, too. Kareem fight... The first two minute or two of the fight scene, he fights Bruce Lee while sitting in a chair. Yeah, he just, he just sat down. As a tall man. Yeah, look how much taller he is than Bruce Lee. <laughs> Jeez, just put his foot in his on his chest. He's not he's not eating. He's not oh, oh that's a dirty foot, ill. Man, this man has nothing but legs. I forgot how I forgot how lanky he is. Jeez, he just made him dirty all the freaking places. A dirty foot, and now his face is all dirty. I like that he learned to fight sitting down to make up for his height a little bit. I'm guessing Kareem asked for this. There's no way that I think Jackie Chan would have fought him normally. That's Bruce Lee. I mean, dang it, Bruce Lee. I'm pretty sure he, I think Kareem asked for this. Well, I mean, Bruce Lee, it's a Bruce Lee movie, so Bruce Lee has to win. But, um, you know, he beats Chuck Norris in a fight, too, in another movie. But it's still a cool, it's still a cool, like, concept to have them fighting like that. Okay, well, back to the uh, episode at hand. Uh, with but anyway, do you, do you see the similarity between the way that guy is drawn and, and uh, the guy from the uh, Shaman King? Especially around the hair, like that sculpted hair look. 
and being like really tall compared to the others and everything. No, I would compare him more to Bruce Lee, but that's just me. I'm not really seeing the similarity all that much. Maybe because he's how tall he is, maybe, but other than that. And like the fact that his hair is like kind of a bubble. Before we get to that guy, uh, we, we introduced another female character. Uh, Ren's older sister. Now, I had to look her up because I forgot who she was, but I remembered how she looked. Uh, this is probably as hot as women are going to get in this show, so I, I'm glad we achieved this by episode three. <laughs> 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 I think. I could be wrong. But I think this is as, as, a legally, as legally hot as women could get in this show. But, um, I have a question on her back in the day when I first watched this. Because she looked the Aww. same, actually. Just the only thing, she just, they, they kind of updated her look a little bit. But, um, oh, you had a crush on her. Moving on. <laughs> but, uh, you wanted to moogly her moogly. Well, I mean, if you're staying on topic, they just brought out the biggest chest in the living in the show. <laughs> I could be wrong, actually, but um, I don't, this show doesn't really do that many very obviously sexual characters. I think she's probably the closest you can get. But I guess this, that's a good safe marker because she isn't all that sexually attractive. But you know, but um, she's Ren's older sister, she, and her abilities have to do with turning dead bodies into zombies. Okay. So <laughs> we have that. Uh, going for us here she uh took the dead actor's um corpse and then stuffed the soul into that corpse and pretty much controls him using these talismans that she has on her thigh i wish i was making that up <laughs> but uh she keeps she stuffs them in this like i guess it's like leg thigh bracelet that she has a, a, on her so yeah okay. that, so you got that but um, since we have like Yo fighting him and losing, mainly because he can't fight his idol because he doesn't want to hurt the body. As Yo is, he like he likes to befriend spirits versus like turning them into tools, which your own Rin sister doesn't view souls like that. Well, not until the end of the episode when her opinion completely changes after a f after getting smacked by Yo's fiance. I want to say that's probably the fastest turnaround I've ever seen a character achieve in any anime. So, we got, we got that going for us. Uh, I assume she's, be, she's going to be on friendly terms with them now. Um, because this, after being released from his, uh, his, uh, his imprisonment, he wants to hang around with her still. I forgot why. But he wants to hang out. He wants to hang around still. I'm trying to remember why myself. I remember just sort of being sort of vaguely surprised. I was like, okay, you're going to hang around. It was like something like making it all right or joining her mission. He was inspired by her mission or something. I'm actually in the episode right now just trying to remember what what it is. Anna's talking about how she's, he, you know, she's inspired by him, and he's like, she's gonna, be, he's gonna be my future husband, is what she says, and then she's walking off. Mm -hmm. His master's about to say, "Let's go to the, let's go to rest in peace," but he can't yet. 
he wants to pursue he wants to still pursue his dream of perfecting that martial artist uh, that martial art so that's one of the goals he's got it's just weird to do it with her and he's speaking to her now retainer services as a quartz puppet Um, well, apparently he's gonna re he's just to do that. He's gonna just stay her puppet. I yeah, guess, it just I guess he can't. I guess he can't stay. Like particularly good reason. I know you were hoping I would chime in with that. It just looked forced. It looked like they needed to move the plot along, so they just had him do it. I mean, like a lot that was forced, but uh, I think what it came down, to, I think he he. I don't think spirits can stay in the. Well, I say this, but I think last of us last time we reviewed these episodes, I, I said there was no stereotypical ghost roles so yeah. i don't know if the ghost role they, they have ghost roles here that make it so that because shaman's supposed to send spirits to the afterlife but there's no real reasoning for it they just don't want them lingering in the in the real world i guess um, i guess before we move on to episode uh five wait are we episode yeah episode four i want to uh i guess deviate back to the middle of the episode but this one I mean, do you want to talk about the significance of this at all? Like, what's going on here? I don't know what significance you're talking about. I mean, I'm being... Well, the Shaman King... The main character summons that guy's master. So you see him, like, able to get a hold of ghosts that aren't necessarily ones he's taken over. And then to join forces with him, right? That I seems mean, like an ability... Didn't, he didn't summon that. That was his girlfriend. And she forced him into him. But he was able to use it. That was sort of an interesting ability, don't you think? No, no, not in the world. I mean, they also established in this world, too. There's all kinds of shamans. And this is going to be a big old fight in Tokyo. So I suspect that all shamans are just that easily taken over. I mean, he does mention that in his training. He's trying to make it easier for Amida Maru to occupy his body without hurting him. Uh -huh. So I guess you can make some significance out of that. That maybe Yoj is a lot more easier to take over now than he than he was before. Right. So um, I don't I mean any significance I want to talk about is like how uh, like Yo has this. I mean it's a stereotypical main character trait. He he can um he can change people's hearts just by talking to them, and this is one of those situations where somebody related to Ren. Um, he can. He was able to change their heart, so it's possible that he might be able to change Ren's way of thinking. Yeah, he I, definitely again, even though it was like forced. He definitely considers his like mission in life to fix people, and that everybody seems to be good in his eyes. You know, everybody's good, and I'm going to be here to make people happy and fix things, and that's all I'm going to do. He seems very trusting. He seems very much like willing to have faith in everybody and, and think that everybody's going to be okay. I mean, well, the main thing he says in the first episode is that his grandfather told him that if somebody can talk with spirits, they're not necessarily a bad person. Like, he doesn't right. believe that there are bad people in the world that can speak to the ghost. Which is a, yeah. a really naive thing to think. But so far, it's... I mean, we've got one character that it's probably not going to be correct for, but other than that one character, he's proving it right so far. I mean, yeah, he's he's proven right, but I, I'm pretty sure that's gonna fall. It's gonna that 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 world view is gonna shatter. 
Yeah, I think so. After, like, he finds the person he can't turn. Or that's the... Or that's the premise he's going to chase. And one of the dramas is going to be to, to find out if he if he's right or not. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if really if Yo's all that deep. Then again, you can well, just, that he is just based on the fact that he he doesn't appear to be all that deep on the surface. I mean, obviously, coming out of a conversation about Dragon Ball Z and a conversation about My Hero Academia, we see the same trait demonstrated in both of those: Goku's ability to change people for the better and. Same with Midoriya. Um, and he seems to be following that general theory. Like, Goku, I mean, looks at some people and says, no, they're just bad guys. But you still see him, like, con Goku constantly giving them another chance. Like, even Frieza, you know, hey, Frieza, thanks for the energy, you know. And Frieza, like, has to constantly explain to Goku, no, I was doing it with bad intentions, you moron. You stupid monkey, like... You know what I mean? He's like, oh, no, you're just really great. I really appreciate you, like, healing me with your energy. And he goes, no, it's because you're my minion, you know? I, I like to point out that and, the entire Dragon Ball Z community was pissed off at that, at that, at every, at everything he was doing, by the way. Just gonna, just gonna point that out. I, I thought it was really smart. I thought it was, like, a pride thing that Frieza was like, like, now we're even, so you can't ever gloat about that again, which is what I, and I, which is what I was thinking. And I was also thinking that Frieza was being savvy, and saying, here's my energy, I think you're going to do better. And, like, at one time he was, like, saying, like, our, we, you know, we're square, like, you can never hold this over my head. And then another time, another thing that he was doing, I thought, was, like, kind of, like, jumping in and saying, like, I don't know, I feel like, here's my... Secretly thinking, you're going to use this energy better than I am. Why don't you go use my energy and get your ass kicked with it instead of me using it less effectively and getting my ass kicked instead? So I, I thought there was like an end to the means there where there was like a practical side to it, but there was also um, he was getting double for his investment, you know. I don't know. You make fun of you make fun of me and me trying to fit in Endeavor. I feel like this is your Endeavor in terms of Frieza. I don't I don't know. It just like, to, to me it's like. I'm not, I don't saying, know you're, I'm not saying you think that he's gonna get it. I'm not saying that you think he's gonna get redeemed because he is far from that. And you asked me before, do you think he, he's gonna replace Piccolo? I still highly doubt that. I'm saying that he is like. I'm saying that Frieza is like Goku. Just can't help but give Frieza more chances. It's like every yeah, time he's Frieza, yeah, he's, ready to, he's every time he sees Frieza, he's ready to like. Give him the chance to be a great guy again. I'm not saying that he's well, ever going. I'm just saying that Goku just can't help but give him more chances when he shouldn't. But what I well I was I think one of the I think one of the I mean a lot of people don't seem to forget this, but I think mm -hmm. it was during his first fight with Frieza, well the fight where he turned Super Saiyan. Um, mm -hmm. No, actually no, it was before he turned Super Saiyan. I think he 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 commented he commented on how strong Frieza was and that. It was a waste because he could really he could really get some good training out of him. Like Goku has stated over and over again that Frieza would be a good sparring partner. Like he, yeah, but regardless I mean, of like how he is, which is really stupid by the way, because Frieza doesn't want nothing to do with him. And I don't even think him Frieza giving him that energy was. I feel like it was more self-preservation. Like I will say that I will agree that he probably did it so he didn't have to get beat <laughs> over and over again. But he didn't want to admit it, so his excuse was, well, now we're even. 
The well, I'm not saying that Freeze is ever going to be. I don't think Freeze is going to necessarily become a good character. I wouldn't put it. A, I wouldn't call it completely out of the question. But I, I, I think completely out of the question. More than likely, Freeze is not going to become a good guy. But you see, in their first battle, you see Goku try to save him from the destruct from killing himself with the destructo discs. You see Goku giving him some of his own energy. You see that moment where he's like, "It's done now. Like go and never like bother Earth again." And, like, tries to, like, give Freeze that chance to, like, come out with that. And that doesn't work. And you just see a lot of these moments where that happened. And then and then um, Frieza comes to Earth in his mecha form. And Goku hangs out in the thing and says, Oh, I just want to see what would happen. You know, and he was in there. He was watching the thing the whole time. But he didn't rush ahead or anything to stop anything. You see him fighting. You know, like, you just see, like, over and over and over again. There's this constant theme of Goku. I'm not saying the plot is suggesting he'll become a good character, but I'm saying Goku always wanting to give him one more try. Always. And you see that with this, and you see that in My Hero Academia, that Midoriya is always trying to believe in people if he possibly can. Midoriya is more willing to believe that there are bad guys that need to be taken down, but you do you see him always trying to, like, believe in Bakugo. Like, no matter how many times Bakugo, Bakugo bullies him, he's like, I think there's something in there. You see it with him and some of the other characters, too. Like, they're just always believing in them. And his ability to believe in others is, like, one of the big draws of his character. But here you see, to a lesser extent, you see it in this show that, like, he wants to believe in some of the bad guys, too. You know what I mean? The main character. And that seems to be one of his things. His fundamental driving force, one of them, is that... And it might even be why he's so calm as a character, because, I mean, it would be very, like... To think that there's nothing but good guys out of there must be a very, like, relaxing way to see the world, you know? Well, Thinking I mean, that, like, I mean his, only him as a kid. mistakes are bad guys, you know? I mean, him as a kid, I mean, he, his whole... But I think the reason he's calm is just because he's just so, he's, he's so laid back and laxed. Anyway, I think also another thing, too, is that I think in this other episode, episode five, as we jump to that, um, he... I think he mentions that he listens to music as a way to calm himself, so it makes it easier for him to be taken over. And he's, he's constantly trying to improve uh, at, at the rate at which he can be taken over. Uh, yeah. Because he does realize, even though he doesn't believe, he doesn't believe what Rin says about spirits. He's very, he's very, he gets very upset when people call spirits tools. As you can, as you see this in both instances. Right. Rin calls a he. Rin calls a Minamaro tool. Yo doesn't have any of it. Uh, Rin's older sister, who I forgot her name. I don't think we even mentioned it. Dang it. <laughs> her name is Dang it? Dang it. Uh, what was Rin's last name? <laughs> 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 I forgot her name. I knew it I knew it earlier. I completely forgot her name. Can we just call her Dang it until we find her real name? I'm, I'm doing so right now as I'm looking for her real name. <laughs> Excellent. What's her name? Dang it! <laughs> that wasn't actually that wasn't even that wasn't even on purpose. There, I accidentally just said that. Oh, I, I, okay. I see her introducing her. She should be introducing herself. Why isn't? It? Who are you? Her name is June. Okay, yeah, her name is June. June Tao. But uh. Um, okay. He sees it with June Tao, and she calls uh, she calls her zombie a goat. She her, her a tool, and he calls she calls zombie tomorrow a tool. 
and she's here to take Amina Maro for her brother. But um, you know, he so he gets really upset. Like he may be calm and collective, but it seems like he really does value ghosts as friends, which is interesting. In a world where people don't really believe in ghosts, but whatever. But uh, <laughs> um, he seems to get really upset when people insult ghosts, especially his, especially with Amina Maro. But he really does take offense to it whenever people call anybody a ghost, a, a tool. It's, it's really interesting. He also doesn't seem that interested in getting any more guardian ghosts. He seems fine with the one he picked. So he must see something that we're not seeing right now. Uh huh. But um, I mean, yeah, he he's very he's very common. I mean, like I said, he's he, he comes he comes from an era where main characters are typically like that. Goku is a big example of that. But um, yeah, he seems to be really in in, in, in tap with the spiritual forces. He he doesn't he doesn't like when his friends get insulted, which he does value friends. For crying out loud, the first episode that he meets um, Manta, yeah, Manta, like he doesn't even he doesn't they don't speak much. But he, at the next day, he calls him a friend, and it's like that's a sudden thing to call somebody you don't know. And um, you see also he also has an effect on people too. Mansa was a scaredy cat in this episode. Uh, was it this episode that he wrote to get that sword? Yeah, he goes to go. He goes against uh, Yoa's sword so he can fight and integrate with Amina Maro better. Uh, I guess we also, we also see a limit towards, I guess, what Amina Maro can do with or without something that can act like a sword. Apparently, he can't use a pipe. I thought he could, but maybe he can't. So we learned that. Um, I guess we come episode five. The next episode, we uh, we get introduced to another ghost, who now we see the the real first instance of a ghost that has some ill intent. You also see that when he has like this black aura around him. So that's something else. Um, but I guess like what is it? What's his name? The guy who he possesses? I forgot his name. Like real the sword? Yeah, real the sword. We see that uh, we also get some development with him too, showing that he's not—he's not that actually bad of a guy. We're just kind of just never finding this out now. I mean, he's probably going to be important for something later. Yeah. And he's like looking. I guess the goal here is he's looking for the best place to hang out with his friends. Um, we're seeing—we see here that apparently uh, Ren walks in to take the spot that he wanted to call his clubhouse, and uh. I guess Ren, he's going to try fighting him, though, you know, uh, Ren, as what they do in this show, which is cut off this man's pompadour. Uh-huh. That hair keeps getting just, just dismantled. I feel bad for him at some points. So, when I was talking about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, this is the guy I was talking about. Were you talking about somebody else? Yeah, I was talking about somebody else. I was talking about, I was talking about the, uh, what, uh, the, the zombie that she was taking, that, uh, June was, was, uh, was her oh. guardian. I'm very sorry. This is the guy I said it reminded me of Kareem. Kareem doesn't have a pompadour, though. He doesn't, but this guy doesn't have a pompadour for very long, either. I mean, it's like he's still, it's still, like he's still a pompadour, he just cuts short. I, I mean, I can, I can see some of the similarities, that he's tall, he's very eccentric. But, um... Move that out of there. Yeah, but, um... Uh, it's pretty evident that they're gonna do something with him in the future, because he gets possessed in this episode. Uh... Apparently, he also has a crush on Anna, which makes me wonder how old is he. 
Yeah. Because this show kind of has a... This is kind of a problem. <laughs> problem? Why a problem with what, Jeremy? I... He's got full facial hair. <laughs> like, it kind of is uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he gets rejected pretty easily um, by her, so... There's that. It, it, it seems like she's very. She has a heart set on Yo. You also find that apparently that those two have been living together in a abandoned house. Well, not aban abandoned, quote unquote. They got a good deal on it because there's ghosts all all over it. Can we can we circle back for a second and have a serious conversation? About what? What is that man's pomp? What is inside that man's pompadour? Is it like anything. a ham I think it's just hair? hair? I think it's just it, his hair. They just colored it, it differently. On the other side, and vaguely the shape of a heart, but like, it is the most messed up pompadour I think ever. I will see. It's like a ham surround, a heart-shaped ham surrounded in hair. That's that's what it looks like to me. I, I, just, I think it's just his hair. I'm pretty sure it's a ham. I think it's just his hair. It's a ham. It's his hair. <laughs> Leave your vote in the comments. People are going to agree with you just to be a stupid dismiss will be. I know that. I know it's going to happen. My idea is much more fun than yours. I think at one point there is a ham in his hair, but that it isn't there now. It's not black. It's not hairy. So is it hams. Scientifically, the least likely answer for something that doesn't look like hair, doesn't act like hair, and isn't consistent with the hair this around it. This man's hair doesn't. A head doesn't act like hair. It's not hair. It's hair. It's ham. It's a freaking pompadour. This man grooms his pompadour. He puts so much gel in his hair that he just makes it shape like that. That's probably hair gel. If you want to make an argument about it not being, <laughs> not being it's hair. It's definitely. What if it's not hair? And if you think it's hair, there's something wrong with you. What if it's an extension of his head? Maybe, like, if he shaved, you'd find that he doesn't have a pompadour at all, but he has, like, a very odd-shaped head. He would be bleeding would be out bleeding. of that part of his head. What if it was a tumor, and it just didn't have any blood in it? It was just, like, this bloodless, calcified... There'll be still something oozing out of it. Maybe it's... Maybe it's a... Maybe it's a callus. There'll be something maybe oozing out of it. Disgusting callus that's been developing on his head... And it's a giant mass of, like, gooey, dead, mutated skin. And they cut a piece of it off. And he tries to cover it up by making it would It wouldn't be like oozing. Pepper. It's his hair. It doesn't have to ooze. It's, if you cut it, a callus it's a off... It's, it's a design choice that they decided to do. It's a terrible design choice. It's, it's not scientific. The scientists believe me. And the scientists do not believe you. The scientists don't believe in spirits. They wouldn't be watching this show. We're not talking about spirits. We're talking about hair that's pink and solid. They wouldn't go near this show. They would not go near a show called Shaman King. It's black on the outside. It's pink on the inside. It's not hair. It's his hair. It's anime no. hair. There are a lot no. of shows that have characters with a pompadour that long and defying the laws of gravity. But when they cut them open, they're not pink inside. Maybe he has a conjoined twin. Why do you believe that's his flesh? There is no way that they don't color. That's a bad. That's a bad job of coloring. If that is part of his head, 
it's a point out, that's a bad it. coloring. That's a bad coloring job. Like they should not be color. They should not be coloring. They even call it a pompadour. It's a piece of wood. Before we get copyrighted for uh, Sonic and uh, Sonic the Hedgehog song. I don't know, but it's not hair. They call it. They call it his hair. They call it. It's his pompadour. He keeps on saying it. You can't cut through skin like that. You cannot cut through skin like that. You cannot. It takes. It takes a serrated edge. Like anime characters never lie. No, they don't lie. Especially the ones that go hang out in a graveyard, beat anyone up that shows up in their graveyard. I'm sure somebody There's like no that way you could cut through skin it's skin as easy as they done with that guy. Isn't that reasonably speaking, there's no way you cut through hair like that either. No, I don't think hair is all that thick. This hair is awfully thick. It's pink on the inside. Moving on, I don't got time to talk about this hair situation. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to make sure that we actually discuss this because it's absurd and it's wrong to have have flesh like Underneath your hair in a, in a weird dome. Have you seen anime people's hair? Like, we're kind of like they're like a lot of these girls with long hair. Do you see the underside of their hair? It's white. There is no physical way your hair should be that color. It's a design choice. Well, at least with females, you can be like, well, maybe she dyed it. You get the argument he dyed it here. Moving on, there's other stuff. We're gonna be we're gonna be here all night if we talk about this hair. We're Nobody can all see night. It. Why would he dye the inside of his hair pink? Why would his hair be pink and he just dyed it black? None of these things make sense. Why are you so cons- Why do you think it's a tumor? It doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. He should be in the hospital. Look, you know, you're, you're walking around with a giant tumor in your face. If you can't get over Hermes, I can't get over his hair. This- That is not the same thing. Oh, it's totally the same thing. No, it's not. Oh, it totally is. They're not explaining why his hair is pink. And, like, the consistency of, like, cotton candy or something on the inside. It's like pillow. It's like foam on the inside. And it's shaped like a heart. And the little piece that came off is also pink on the you inside. Think don't, don't you think they're just making dick jokes? Because, I, I mean, in serious, that's really what it comes down. That's really what that is. It's a dick joke. There's not a dick joke showing up anywhere in my mind right now. It's not a, That it is a dick joke. It like, doesn't only characters that tall, that, that, that insecure, have a hair that long in front of their face. I, I haven't... Honestly... Dick joke did not cross my mind even once. Moving on, because we're going to be here all night talking about this hair. We keep talking about this. But, uh, um, moving on from the hair that Jock has apparently a problem with. Uh, Hermes. Which is the wheat. As a robot with sentience. I was trying it's, to avoid this. It's hair with flesh? I had dropped it months ago. You brought this it's, up. This is it's a robot hair. with sentience. It's there's sentient nothing else hair. in this universe. There's nothing on this un in that universe that is sentient like that. It knows where it is. It's able to hold conversations. It's a conjoined twin that's growing on his head that gets sliced up r routinely. Okay, moving on. Gonna be here all night as I keep on saying. But um. Sorry, uh, music that might get us copyrighted just started playing. <laughs> uh, Do you want me to sing something? No, we're good. 
But um, oh, first, sure? we continue this episode. Yeah, we're good. We continue this episode off. Uh, Ryu Habosa, hair man, gets possessed by a evil spirit. Uh, who wants to get revenge on Minamara because he came around from the same time period as Minamara. And he's trying to take revenge on Minamara because he killed him. And he didn't get a chance to, you know, continue to be a ban bandit. Which seems very, uh... Low on a totem pole. <laughs> Apparently when he was alive, he was also known as the Lizard Man, so that's also so interesting too. But, uh... In the, in the continuing the same vein that Yo can talk to people and change, have them change their heart. Uh, he does this here too, but he does it in a more forceful way. He lets him possesses him, and in the act of possessing him, frees his spirit of all the all the regret that he had when he um, after dying. This seems also very weird. Uh, I don't much more to say about that actually. I mean, he's not fighting Aminamaro with his own sword, so that, I guess that's interesting. He's a swordsman who's capable of fighting Aminamaro. Okay. Aminamaro is said to be this like very powerful spirit, well, swordsman back in the day. I mean, they seem like they're just building up the ability of his uh, his main ghost for being really effective it just seems like that's what they're doing there i mean at some point i think we're gonna have to get an energy bar level thing but they're not doing it yet but uh it's, i guess another thing like, yeah yeah this kind of really builds up yo's whole like you know no there's no such thing as an evil person you can talk to ghosts by mm -hmm. the way, I want to bring up that Ryu could see that ghost. So we have another non-shaman able to see ghosts. <laughs> That's a good point. This The plotline of this series doesn't seem like it takes itself 100% seriously. I think it takes itself seriously. I mean, the, the freaking show started out dark, and apparently the original original idea of this show was it was supposed to be a dark a dark show. Um, but well, the original... Like when the guy runs in and he's like, oh, like, I got shaman powers overnight, you know, like, it's just like, you know, your magic gave me shaman powers and awoke them. Like, it's just a little bit ridiculous, like, well, the I mean, You don't like, watch enough anime where that is kind of the thing. A lot of times, uh, the main character will actually awake powers of other characters that they didn't know they had. I think a good example of this is uh, a show called Bleach. And ironically, it's another spirit show, but um, there's the the main the, the main occupation in that show is sh uh, Shinigami, people who take ghost spirits to the afterlife. Um, one of the things in that show is that the main character Ichigo, um, his friends are near him enough during his fights with with um Hollow that they start taking in some of the spiritual power that he's letting out because he isn't having control over it. And essentially, effectively awakens their own spiritual powers later on. Right. So like, this is a common thing that happens where, you know, if you're friends with this person, you're probably going to be involved in the fight at some point. Um, so this is a common trope. That not many people complain too much about. Uh, but it is a, it is a common trope. 
And then me and Amaro actually, me and Amaro and Yo do attain another level of uh, mer uh, complete merging. Uh, which is also showing that, you know, Yo is getting stronger. Albeit at a very slow pace, but he is getting stronger. And at mm -hmm. the end of the episode, we skip over because we they, they pretty much solved the issue with the evil ghost. You know, he makes him his friend. Oh, they're friends now. Well, they are friends at this point. I don't care what he says. We see Rin at the end uh, looking um, all Vegeta-like. Mm -hmm. Saying that, uh, okay, it looks like we're gonna, I'm gonna end it this time. It take his ghost. And I was like, You're really hard to convince that he wants to be your friend, aren't you? <laughs> no, he definitely wants to be friends. I mean, it'd be funny. I mean, like, like he does like, I want to be your friend. Stop fooling around. And he, he fuses with Basson and kills him. <laughs> no, they probably do want to be friends. I think Yo wants to be his friend. I don't think Ren wants to be his friend. I think Ren is a good friend. I think, like, you saw his friends come around and, like, support him and say, like, you've always been there for me. So, I think, like... I don't know. I think he probably... I'm, I'm talking about the Chinese kid. Oh, no, he doesn't want to be his friend. Who do you think I was talking about? Ren. Ren is the Chinese kid. Ryu's the guy you complain you com compare oh, to. Oh, uh, oh, Ryu's the one bad. that you complain about his hairstyle. It's gonna be about twenty more episodes before I know what's going on with names. <sighs> <laughs> that side was real, by the way. Just I, I know it was. <laughs> just, I'm just gonna. I think I'm gonna be sighing the entirety. I want this show with you. <laughs> I do this to myself. I'm, I know you're bad with I'm, names, but I do this to myself. I'm really into this show. But I guess with that, like, I mean, there's not much to talk about here. <laughs> we're, trying, we're trying to, we're trying to like cram three episodes into one episode, so we're doing a good job so far. We're um, doing a really good job. So next time we're going to just be talking about my hero again because we're doing this one-off one episode three episodes a week type of thing so next time we'll be talking about strictly just my hair academia and probably complaining more about the lack of froppy in it and that's where i'm ending it see you guys later froppy